It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts here across the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday throughout the season, meaning tomorrow, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. So at me, at Julian Council, or DM me, at Julian Council. But first, follow me, at Julian Council, on Twitter. Just get in your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. On today's episode, it's another Thursday, which means it's time to have a crossover episode with the Locked On Vikings host, Luke Braun. So we'll do that here right after this message from our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Wind door often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers of access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can always go to rockauto.com? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to all your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on there. How did you hear about us box today? We sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right everybody continuing on here it is crossover thursday vikings panthers that means that i luke braun of locked on vikings am here with julian council of locked on panthers what's up julian been looking forward to to getting a crossover with you yeah, Luke. Um, I saw you tweeted at me earlier this week, being like, "I crossover with Julian, first guy who's done yeah. that on the network so far this season." So, <laughs> actually, been kind of fired up all week to do this with you. So, yeah, man, let's get into it. Panthers, Vikings, pretty big game yeah. for uh, both of these teams coming up here on Sunday in Charlotte. Yeah, definitely a big game because it feels like both of these teams are like teetering on the edge of the abyss. Like the yeah. Vikings have been staving off the abyss all season and the Panthers get out to this hot start and now they're kind of like trying to stop this skid. Um, so I guess that's my main question. I haven't looked much into the Panthers, so point me in the right direction. What's going on? What is the difference between is, was it just strength of schedule? Is something else going on? What's causing this skid? Yeah, that's a great question. I know after the 3-0 start, a lot of people were like, okay, we get it. Carolina's defense is fantastic. Sam Darnold looks like he's been rehabilitated through three weeks in Joe Brady's offense and coming here to Carolina. A market that's not as tough, obviously, yeah. as being in the New York market and a better situation that he had for the first three years of his career in New York with the Jets. So all that was very true. And also the schedule 
you got two rookie quarterbacks in Davis Mills, the Houston Texans, when you should have got Tyrod Taylor, but got hurt in that Sunday game against Cleveland, had to exit at halftime, didn't play a second half. Before then, the Texans were a fairly competitive team through a week and a half. You also mm-hmm. got a rookie quarterback in his debut in Zach Wilson, which was dubbed the Sam Darnold revenge game. You can also throw in Robbie, Robbie Anderson. Anderson revenge game. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Panthers back of outside linebacker Frankie Louvu also played for the Jets. So a couple of revenge yeah. games. Pat Elfline in the left guard. Pat Elfline revenge. It's another Pat Elfline yeah. revenge game coming up here. <laughs> exactly. So Saints had their issues with being displaced because of Hurricane Ida. And then who was not available in terms of the coaching staff and players. So there was a reasonable, there's a reasonable level of doubt of how good the Panthers actually were. Hey, now, Julian, losing to Dallas. Julian, can you yeah. hang on? Something something's going wrong where you're cutting in and out. I oh, think no. it just needs to catch up. Um, I think if you just back up to what you were saying about the Saints missing people, I think that was about where it started. But I think it just needed okay. to catch up. Yeah. Then so, you look at the game with the New Orleans. When you look at the game of New Orleans being displaced because of Hurricane Ida, not having some of those coaches available because of the COVID outbreak, then of course Michael Thomas, him not being available. Then coming game time, CJ Gardner Johnson, Marshawn Lattimore, you weren't playing a healthy Saints team. Although the Panthers went out there and dominated them. So you kind of looked at it as well, they got a really good defense, their quarterback's taking care of the football yeah. for the most part. And you would think that, hey, maybe this is a step in the right direction. There's no shame in losing to the Dallas Cowboys. That was actually a game I expected them to lose to Dallas. I just did not expect it to snowball like it did in the third quarter. And then last Sunday against the Eagles was just one of the more inexplicable losses that you're ever going to see the Carolina Panthers lose, much like the game last year in Minnesota that they absolutely should have won against the Vikings. So it's a combination (laughs) of just poor third quarters, the offense not showing up, the injury to Christian McCaffrey, and other defensive injuries and just it's a young team they're one of the youngest teams in the nfl so i still think they're a good football team just the last two weeks have kind of exposed like hey sam donald might not necessarily actually be rehabilitated just yet and chris mccaffrey is pretty vital to this offense and they got to figure out how to be competitive coming out of the break opposed to just completely disappearing every third quarter i don't know what's going on there yeah that's really weird i'll i'll take a look at that too for all my stuff but tell me about Sam Darnold explain this Sam Darnold season to me I had pretty much written him off maybe he got the post Adam Gase effect um, and then maybe I was right or am I or is he good or isn't he or what is the deal with him I mean my listeners know where I stand on this when I took over the show back in March I think my second show I ever did was me saying why it didn't make sense for Sam Darnold to come here to Carolina. And then a week later, they traded for him to come here to Carolina. So I've never been a fan of Sam Darnold coming here. I just felt like from the beginning, look, I get it. Teddy Bridgewater wasn't great last year. He's not the long-term answer, but I would rather just have his contract for one more year than give Mm -hmm. him a second, a fourth, and a sixth, which they've been able to recoup the fourth and the sixth round picks, but they still have given up a second round pick for Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather do that than risk bringing in Sam Darnold. He also wasn't their first choice. They wanted Matthew Stafford. That didn't work out. He's in LA. They wanted Deshaun Watson and had the stuff gone on, not gone on with him with the legally he's here, I believe in Carolina. So the Darnold thing didn't make a ton of sense to me because at, at the very least, maybe just draft a quarterback, even though I don't, I was never on board of bringing in a new quarterback. I've always been a guy who's like the offensive line, which is a major issue on this team right now. That's what I've been. I was yelling this for years, but all spring, I always well, we know that draft. I was like, draft, we know that's a left tackle. <laughs> draft an offensive lineman. You don't need a quarterback if you can't protect them. And that's what we've seen the first couple of weeks that you can't protect them. So the Panthers knew coming to the year that they had to have known that they don't have a strong offensive line. So if that's the case, why on earth would you give up assets to a guy who has shown time and time again, when he gets pressured, he wets himself. Like Sam Darnold, 
yes, he can be good in the right situation, but sitting here, the people have made excuses for him being like, oh, his offensive line stinks. It's like at some point in time, you got to be able to be able to overcome that. Like Lamar Jackson might not have a bad offensive line, but he has so many things going against him right now with the Baltimore Ravens. And what does he do? He goes out there and balls out every single week. Sam Darnold loses Christian McCaffrey for two weeks, and he has no idea what to do. Like he's staring down DJ Moore, who got mm-hmm. taken away by by um, by Darius Slay on Sunday. Two picks, and Robbie Anderson's been non-existent. At the very least, Teddy Bridgewater was able to spread the ball around last year, where Sam Donald's king in on two guys. Like he can be good, and I've sat here and I've said I'm going to give the guy a chance. I just am highly skeptical. You don't see guys who play the way he's played in the league come back and become successful starters. And quite honestly, the guys who play the way he played for three years don't typically ever get a chance to even be a starter again, let alone stay in the league for very long. And the fact that the Panthers handed him the keys after being that bad, I don't care if it was Gase or not. Like Tannehill, at least when he was with Adam Gase, wasn't that bad. Joe Flacco was better last year with the Jets in that offense than Sam Darnold. But all I heard about was the situation, this, it's the Jets' fault, Jets' fault, that. So is yeah. it Gase's fault he threw three picks on Sunday? Like, I, I, I hate to be too critical on the guy because I want it to work out because it's better for the fan base, for the city, for the organization, for this not to be another one-and-done situation. I just question from the beginning, like, what are they seeing that makes them believe that Sam Darnold is going to come here and be an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater? Like, especially when it comes to taking care of the football, which the last six quarters, it's not, thing, yeah. it hasn't been his thing and hasn't done it well so far. But he's got an opportunity to come back, figure things out, play within himself. I just have a hard time believing that the man upstairs, uh, David Tepper, the owner here in Carolina, is really liking what he's seen through five weeks so far. Like he's a guy who's very aggressive, wants that franchise quarterback. I don't, I can't imagine that he's going to come after 17 weeks of the season and be like, yeah, Sam Darnold, that's the guy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like looking in a mirror. You have offensive line problems and a and a like pressure vulnerable quarterback. That's really controversial. Yes, not great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's flip to the other side of the ball and maybe that's a little bit less sad. But I guess I have to ask the question because of what happened with uh, with Dallas and then giving up that lead against Philadelphia. Yeah. Are, are they frauds or is this was this just a little bit of a fluke? They're not frauds. I know Matt Rule actually on Monday, the day after press conference, which ticked off a lot of people. He came out and said, that's back to back weeks where the defense at the end of the game. Need to get a stop. Didn't get a stop for us. It's like, okay, buddy. Like, I brought this up actually after the game on Sunday, just being like, and I said this to my listeners, like, I'm not criticizing the defense. I'm just saying that is back-to-back weeks where they got to get off the field, but they couldn't do it. Dallas never thought for a second they were going to do it. Philly, I mean, it's not their fault. Like, the offense, even if they get the ball back against Philadelphia, Darnold probably throws a fourth pick, so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. The Cowboys thing, they have a physical – offensive line they played a lot of 12 and 13 personnel and yeah they like it went jumbo yeah and the panthers don't really have a lot of like big guys the linebackers are pretty slight of frame and even Shaq thompson was injured that game he played the rest of the snaps he's not gonna play again on sunday with that foot injury he's got going on so maybe that played a factor but they just weren't good against the run in that game and that was the first time they played a team that was seriously committed to running the football against them like the jets don't have a running game Saints running game just did not work out. Houston doesn't have a running game. And on Sunday against Philly, they they had everything bottled up. They only gave 88 yards in the first quarter, in the first half, excuse me. And then later on, you let a team hang around after mm-hmm. getting consecutive takeaways on back-to-back plays. The offense did nothing. So, no, the defense is not frauds. They're the reason the Carolina Panthers are 3-2. They're the reason why like they have the opportunity to win these games because I've said from week one, if the offense disappears like they did against New York, eventually they're going to lose to a better team. I thought it'd be the Saints, but the defense was so good that they didn't matter. Houston wasn't going to happen. Dallas, of course, went out there and took control in the third quarter. Then last week, an Eagles team that stinks. 
hung around and eventually figured it out. So, no, this defense is the only, not the only, it's one of the only redeemable things about this Panthers team through five weeks after looking at the offense line. Darnold, like the skill positions are great and all that, but the defense has really been the calling card here in Carolina so far and they deserve all of our praise and really none of our criticism because it's not their fault that they lost on Sunday. And I wouldn't even blame them for losing the game against Dallas, even if they gave up 245 rushing yards because they didn't give the ball to the other team twice in that third quarter. That was Sam Darnold. Sure. Yeah, it's the, the defense is absolutely what is like striking fear into my heart going into this game. Um, and I, how the Vikings offense matches up with them. I think there are some problems, but I guess we'll talk about the Vikings here in a little bit. Uh, for Vikings listeners, that'll be on Julian's show. So go check out Locked On Panthers after you're done with Locked On Vikings here. And we can kind of talk a little bit about how the Vikings match up with the Panthers. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, back here on another crossover Thursday, Carolina Panthers hosting the Minnesota Vikings for the second straight year, but this time at Bank of America Stadium, one o'clock, 800 South Bend Street, Uptown Charlotte. Check it out. Luke Braun here with me from Locked on Vikings, and we're going to take a look at the Minnesota Vikings right now, Luke. So your team, Kirk Cousins, brought in there to win a Super Bowl, right? Like, you didn't. You were very I mean, close. That's what we were sold. Yeah. Yeah. You're very close to Kurt, with Case Keenum. Almost became the first team to ever host a Super Bowl and play in it. Did not happen, unfortunately, because of the well endowed quarterback up there in Philadelphia, who's now with the Bears. <laughs> don't, don't remind me of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're killing me. I'm sorry. But either way, like I actually am a fan of Kirk Cousins. I think he's a good quarterback. I just don't believe he's ever going to be the guy that's going to lead, unfortunately, your franchise to a Super Bowl. But overall, what is just a perception of Kirk so far this season where it seems like he's actually balled out through first five games of the year? I mean, the, there's a lot of talk about what the ceiling is, right? How far can he take you? Yeah, he can, you know, rack up stats. He can make this read. He can make a lot of throws, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes down to, you know, late January, is he the one making the big giant drive that brings you to the Super Bowl and all that stuff? And it's such a loaded question because there's so much more than quarterback play that goes into it, even though quarterback's so important. Here's what you have to know about Kirk Cousins. If you're preparing to play Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is Ron Burgundy. Um, he will read what's on the teleprompter. And he will never deviate from it, even when it doesn't make sense. And so that means when there's pressure um, that is unexpected. I mean, if it's a blitz and they have a blitz counter worked in, like he can handle that. Um, but if there is unexpected pressure, if the coverage isn't what he thought it was pre-snap, if you can kind of get in his head that way, you can put him into improvisation mode. And in improvisation mode is when the worst Kirk Cousins stuff happens. And he's kind of good for a game or two every year where he just kind of throws it away and, um, you know, costs you a game. He, he might win you a game or two, but usually he's kind of along for the ride. And, and he's and he's even said this himself. He wants to be more of a point guard. And, you know, you're really winning the game because of Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and good defense and all and not necessarily because of Cook, but or of, of Kirk Cousins, you're winning with Kirk Cousins. So it's a little bit of that tractor trailer thing. If you ever uh, listen to Bucky Brooks talk about it, but I like to think yeah. of he's a little bit of a of a of a robot. He's he's a little bit you know he's kind of on the 
pre-prepared plan and if it's doesn't stay according to the pre-prepared plan that's when things start to sort of dissolve he's been better about that but that's still kind of who he is well that might be a problem also isn't the plan always just to run the football because of mike zimmer's <laughs> love and i said this on my show when i was taking a look at the vikings on wednesday i was telling mm-hmm. my, my listeners like guys i actually like love mike zimmer because well first off mike zimmer does not care he'll say whatever he wants he's very it's blunt great. and i i kind of wish we had that here in carolina even though i'm, I'm fine with matt rule but I wish we kind of had a, a Mike Zimmer kind of personality here just because he's funny. Also, his style of football, like I love running the football, demoralize your opponent. And defense is also what he cares about. Like I'm like, that's my kind of, that's my guy, Mike Zimmer. I love him so much, but it doesn't seem like he might not be around much longer if the Vikings don't win this year. Him and general manager Rick Spielman, who both seem to be on lame duck seasons once again. What is kind of the temperature there in Minneapolis, yeah. St. Paul with that kind of deal? Well, y'all have a chance to kind of do it. I, I think if you oh, yeah? beat Already? the Vikings, I think if the if the Panthers, so, I mean, they almost lost to the Lions, right? If they had lost that game, I think the seat would be scalding. And I think the seat's pretty hot. Um, and I think, you know, we got a buy coming up after this game where everybody has a lot of time to sit down and think about what they want to do next with the franchise. So if the Panthers host the Vikings and just blow the doors off of them and it's really ugly and you walk out of that, you know, you're on the team plane home and everybody's feeling like crap about themselves. The Vikings might make the move. Now, they the Wilfs are not a midseason firing kind of team, so it's probably unlikely. It would have to be like a pretty extreme blowout. But I mean, if, if it's 40 to 10, we could see it. And I actually think there's an opportunity. Um, Mike Zimmer has the, the offense especially is going through somewhat of an existential crisis right now. They've scored one touchdown in each of the last games. They haven't scored a second half touchdown since, uh, week one. Like it's insane how much like uh, the, the initial game plans are fine. They've actually scored on like all of their opening drives for the last four weeks. And then the defense adjusts and we've got a very green offensive coordinator in Clint Kubiak who is not adjusting to the adjustments. Um, and then things just sort of peter out and you get this really stagnant offense. No second oh, That sounds very chance. familiar to what we have here in Carolina. Joe <laughs> it's going to be stoppable force meets movable object if you guys are having third quarter problems, I think. Um, so no one's so- scoring in the second half. <laughs> Or, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, it's so they're going through this like existential crisis where Zimmer has actually sat down the whole offensive staff, had a whole big self scout. They He just talked about how they've done this whole exercise to try to fix whatever's going on with the offense. I don't know what comes out of that, um, but the seat's definitely hot with all of those guys. And I would say to the other part, Zimmer and Spielman. It's been basically confirmed by reporting, and the Wilfs have sort of hinted at it, too. Those two are attached at the hip. If one goes, the other goes. You're not going to get rid of one without the other. That's not going to happen the way the Wilfs are approaching this. Interesting. From an outsider's perspective, it feels like the guy who should go to situation would be the GM. I think Mike Zimmer actually can coach. But, uh, I mean, he didn't ask for Kirk Cousins, who he clearly does not yeah. seem to like. Uh, I mean, so. you're kind of blowing up the whole thing, or you're blowing up nothing, yeah. you know? I get it. I get it. Don't the Wolves have a soccer team in Nashville they should be more concerned about right now? It's almost playoff time in MLS, by the way. Um, <laughs> not important, though. So offensively, before we get to the defense, because I am very concerned sure. about the monsters coming off the edge that could ruin the day for the Carolina Panthers offense and very likely will based off of how this offensive line is blocked so far this season. Dalvin Cook hasn't played the last two games and Alexander Madison has looked fantastic filling in for him. KJ Osborne, you found something in him, it looks like. The guy out of Buffalo. Now, he did play for the University of Miami for one season. was a Buffalo. A grad transfer season. Yeah. yeah. Buffalo Bull at heart. And also Adam Thielen, who's been fantastic player. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Justin Jefferson played for Joe Brady back at LSU in that 2019 season where LSU won a national championship. Kirk's got plenty of toys. So, I, I don't really understand how the offense 
has had that kind of issue so far this season. Like, what do you see from those guys, at least from what they've done so far this season, that kind of maybe gives you confidence to give this Carolina Panthers secondary that looks pretty darn good so far this season, Mm -hmm. maybe some issues on Sunday? So first, of all those people you listed, KJ Osborne was the only one who practiced on Wednesday. Oh, (laughs) good. So they're having a real tough time of it in in injuries. We'll see. We got to gotta see how the week progresses, but we might lose some of those players. Um, Adam Thielen, a little bit of a cold stretch over the last couple of games. I'm not worried about it or anything. He still has all the speed and everything. Just has a bad game against Cleveland and some fluky stuff in uh, last week against the Lions. Um, Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook's dealing with some ankle stuff that he suffered in the week two game against Arizona. Um, so he's kind of been in and out and then it's been Alexander Madison, who is a substantially worse running back. That's probably a take that gets me in trouble with some Vikings fans because he's gotten like a lot of yards. Um, but I don't like the way he reads. I don't really like his style of play. Um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, and it's, it's Dalvin cook is, I think just a a step above. I mean, it's like the difference between Chuba Hubbard is fine, but he's not Christian McCaffrey, you know? Um, so it's, I think. It depends on who's healthy, but yeah, the weapons are there. There have been a lot of problems with the offensive line. I think Kirk Cousins himself has had a lot of problems, a lot of problems with just the play calling in general being a little bit kind of, um, they've got a plan A, but no plan B, um, like I mentioned before. So it's, and it's a totally different problem every game. Um, So it depends on kind of what challenges the Panthers defense presents to them and will Clint Kubiak be able to get over them is kind of one of the burning questions on this whole staff. Yeah, it's uh, they have guys who can hurt them, but if they're not available on Sunday, then it might not matter at all. Now, defensively, though, that's where the Vikings might be able to have success, at least sure. when it comes to the pass rush. I looked at you guys are 29th in the league when it comes to run defense, which is going to be a problem for you, whether Christian McCaffrey plays or not. Because Shuba Hubbard should have probably broken a couple of tackles on Sunday. That would have led him to at 130 yards. We had 29 touches, had over 100, I think 131 yards total of offense on Sunday. So he can be a fairly solid backup running back. He's obviously not the kind of threat that Christian is. And of course, as you mentioned, that Dalvin Cook is when he's in that offense there in Minnesota. But that could cause problems potentially for Minnesota. But the issue that I'm really most concerned about is Everson Griffin. Mm-hmm. Who's kind of who was at a reemergence, and then Daniel mm-hmm. Hunter, who's been just stellar for what a decade now in Minnesota. Like those guys coming off the edge, that could be a problem. Now Taylor Moten's gonna be back at right tackle as long as Cam Irving, who missed last week's game with a neck injury, is back at left tackle. But he's a liability as he's shown through the first three stops he's had in the NFL. What have you seen from that unit, and spe- specifically that defensive line so far, that's just been wreaking havoc on quarterbacks? Yeah, uh, the edge rushers have been phenomenal. Um, Yeah, Everson Griffin looks like his old self, which is insane, Um, you know, considering what happened with him in Detroit and Dallas last year. Um, And I mean, he even had a down year here in Minnesota before he left. Like, he's been insane. Daniil Hunter is Daniil Hunter. Um, And coming off of that neck injury that kept him out all of last year, it's so sorely missed. But the uh, the the rest of the defensive line is hyper specialized. So you have somebody like Sheldon Richardson, who is not a very good run defender. He's been better the last couple of weeks, but that's not his game. He is a penetrating pass rusher. So you run a trap play that, you know, invites him into the backfield. He'll fall for it every single time. It's just who he is. Um, or somebody like Dalvin Tomlinson, a very good run defender, not so much a pass defender. Um, and same with Michael Pierce, who is still nursing an elbow injury. And I don't think he's going to be ready to play for this game. 
Um, so you've got very, very specialized players. There's also DJ Wanham. He's an edge rusher, uh, second year guy, very, very up and down. Um, I think he's really bad in the run um, and he's shown up a little bit more in the pass rush. So those guys that but like finding the Vikings in the wrong personnel has been very, very successful. That's basically the only way Seattle got to move the ball on him against him when they played Seattle. And a lot of teams have been able to kind of say, oh, your pass rush personnel is out because it was a third down. We converted that third down. Then we go into no huddle and we run the ball up against Sheldon Richardson and Everson Griffin playing nose tackle. And, you know, we can run the ball down your throat. And that's led to a lot of those run defense problems, too. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr as well. Anthony Barr, he's dealing with a knee thing. He is absolutely not 100 percent. He doesn't have the old speed he used to have. Eric Kendricks is every bit the the person you know him to be, Um, you know, yeah, total stud, phenomenal at shooting gaps in the run. Great coverage. Got an awesome interception last week and all that. And then you have the secondary, which has been we're going to go with up and down. (laughs) Well, you still got Harrison Smith back there, so yeah. he's been pretty good for you for a long time there in uh, Minnesota. All right, so interesting look there at the Vikings. Let's take another pause here on a crossover Thursday on Locked on Panthers and on Locked on Vikings. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field for yet another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, back here on a crossover Thursday on both Locked On Panthers and Locked On Vikings. Julian Council here, of course, of Locked On Panthers. Luke Braun there, over there, of course, with Locked On Vikings. Luke, we talked about this. It's a big game for both of these yeah. teams. Carolina, after getting out to a 3-0 start, which a lot of folks in the national media question just how good they were, have now been exposed as frauds. I, I don't really believe that, but the game on Sunday against Philly did leave a lot to be desired, like actually winning a football game and closing out a bad football team, which did not happen on Sunday. Now they're trying to avoid losing three straight and going to three and three and potentially having their season go off the rails as they have two games against two bad teams on the road, but still road games against the Giants and the Falcons after this, while your Vikings weird season that they've had so far, (laughs) but they could use a, they could use three and three and they feel a hell of a lot better about that than the Carolina Panthers would about three and three. So kind of from the Minnesota perspective, like how are you feeling about this game going into it in terms of just how important it is for the Vikings? 
Yeah, if the Vikings win, boy, yeah, that's two teams at three and three that feel a lot different about their respective three and threes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, a lot, I think, I don't know, at the bye is when a lot of teams will make the choice whether or not to kind of pack in their season. And in fact, the Vikings were one in five at the bye last year. They had the same bye week and they traded Unique Ngakwe away and they basically were ready to pack in the season and Mike Zimmer turned things around. They won five out of the next six games, actually kind of made a go at it. Um, So the season might not be over, but you might treat it like it's over. And if you're treating the season like it's over in a season that, again, like you kind of said at the outset here, when the Vikings got Kirk Cousins back in 2018, that was sold as the Super Bowl move. That was sold as, look, we just came out of the off of the NFC Championship game. What we're missing is a quarterback, and here's a real boy quarterback. Here, He's going to be the guy that takes us to the promised land. Well, now they're going on, they might be three out of four years out of the playoffs if they don't turn it around here. That's not going to get you there. And so if you're sitting there at two and four in the bye going, man, we're like pretty much out of playoff contention for three out of the last four years, uh, then I think you you sort of start to call around, say who wants to trade for Kirk Cousins, get rid of the coach, get rid of the GM, and kind of start gearing up for the next chapter. But if you win and you're three and three, you feel like you can make a go at it. It just it feels like there's so much leveraging on this game, and there was so much leveraging on the last game that this is like this huge like watershed moment for the franchise. Right. It's it's it, kind of the opposite here in a way. Like you have a second year head coach Matt Rule, who I know you have thoughts on. I want to get those here in a moment. It's a second year. You're still in a rebuild. Like the 3-0 start got a lot of people around here really excited. And I had the conversation with my listeners for a couple of weeks before the season started. Like, hey, like I could really see 3-0 happening. But that did not lead me to believe that like, this is going to be a playoff team. I felt 8-9 and coming to the year would make the most sense because they're still a young football team. The O-line I had no confidence in. The quarterback I didn't have very much confidence in. So it's very hard to view a team as a playoff team if you don't have confidence in those two uh, specific excuse me, position groups. But even even though I thought this could still be a team that'd be in the thick of things coming to the wild card, or at least in the in the in the in the December for the wild card, just based off of the early season schedule. So you get to three and zero, and you should probably be four and one right now. You got Minnesota, right. you got Atlanta coming up, you got New York before that. You have the Patriots, who don't look all that great, and barely beat the Texans on Sunday. Like this is a chance for them to go out here and pick up some wins and really stack it up because they close out with Buffalo on the road. They have Tampa twice. They have at New Orleans. Those are going to be four brutal games to be playing in late December and early January over the final four weeks of the season. Like That's why this game is so important. It's not just about, you know, seeing what kind of team they're going to be moving forward and, just, and trying to avoid a three-game loss, three, three straight losses. It's about just like, Stacking up wins to give your chance to self an opportunity later on in the season when you do play better competition, like Arizona is also on that schedule to where you have some room for error in case that you do have kind of those second half slides that we've unfortunately seen here over the last few years in Carolina back when Rivera was here. And now with Matt Rule, who you're you're a fan of Matt Rule, right? I love Matt Rule. So. I think Matt Rule gets a lot of flack in Carolina for like offensive design and stuff because the offense wasn't good last year and all that with Teddy. Um, and for me, like if I were building a team and I was looking for my head coach, I don't think I would go find the best X's and O's guy. I, Matt Rule is a leader of men. And I know, so we've got a couple of Baylor guys on our team, James Lynch and Blake Lynch, no relation. Um, but they were both a couple of Baylor Bears that... Um, kind of had their careers revived by Matt Rule. And those players revived Baylor because when Matt Rule took over at Baylor, that was a terrible program and they kind of built it up into something respectable. Yeah. Um, and the way that those guys talk about Matt Rule, it is like, 
absolutely like they would run through a wall for that guy right now like if those like if james lynch he hasn't been released yet because i don't think they want to expose him to the waivers but i think the second the vikings would release james lynch who's like this roster bubble player i think he sprints to carolina to go oh absolutely that role the the panthers have so many baylor guys already And that's because they all just are yeah. dying to play for him. And so X's and O's be damned, you know, whatever the, the intricacies of this or that. I, so much of that is guesswork anyways. Matt Rule is a guy that gets players hyped to play for him. You're always going to have a shot, even if you're total underdogs and you're way, you know, you, the team across from you is way more talented. No matter what the roster, you're always going to have a shot if guys are playing hard for it. And I, I don't know. Matt Rule just it seems like the kind of guy that you give him half of a roster and he can absolutely always get the most out of it i mean they went five and 11 last year and they were pretty much in every single game except for like the tampa games that they played and then so far this season like they look like a different team at times and there still are the same bugaboos of the offensive line being terrible what's going on in the third quarter where matt rules told the media on monday like he's losing just as much sleep about it like everyone else here in the carolinas who watches these games on a weekly basis like he is known as a program builder so i've told people Mm -hmm. like look this is about leading to the next year because traditionally when he was at temple which a lot i just don't think people understand just how bad of a job that is and (laughs) to be able to go to temple and to win like no one's won at temple no at all and like the what he did there like al golden did fine at temple before going to miami where he didn't do anything at miami like matt rule left temple went to baylor after what our brows let go on there and had them a win away Third, their third string quarterback in OT against Oklahoma. They were that close to going to the college football playoff in three seasons. I don't really under, think people understand just how incredible the feats are of taking Temple and then having that Baylor program in that situation that close to a playoff is. Like, we'll see how it translates to the NFL. Like, last year, whatever. This year, still, it's kind of like, yeah, you want to see improvement. If they don't make the playoffs, so be it. It's really about next year. And mm-hmm. if he can have that leap and they can be a playoff team. And it's also being in a position with the NFC South where Drew Brees is gone. I don't know if Jameis is a long-term guy in New Orleans. I'm skeptical. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look so at what happens Tom, to Tampa post Brady. Yeah. I mean, he's never going to retire. So I'm not really worried. Tampa's going to be around <laughs> forever. Uh, Cause he's going to be playing until we're all dead. Um, yeah. Until we die. <laughs> and in Atlanta, Matt Ryan, he, he yeah, he's almost, he's going to be done. So it's always been being a position, especially at the quarterback position to be ready to take over this division. So he's got to be able to do that first before I'm really sold. And his first two choices of quarterbacks and Bridgewater, who I personally, I do really like Teddy Bridgewater. Like as a guy, he seems like a great person as a quarterback. He's never going to get you to where you want to go. And then Darnold, I also don't feel like he's ever going to be that guy. I don't even think he's an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater. Like I, I don't know what they're going to do there, but he's so far, it looks like he's going to be Oh, for two at the quarterback position. And that's going to be how people evaluate and grade Matt rule is just based off of like, he gets the final say back when Marty Herney was here. He had the final say. And now with Scott Fitterer, I think he's done a marvelous job coming from Seattle. Matt rule has the final personnel say, and his two decisions at quarterback are so far, I think are going to define his first two years in Carolina. If Sam Brown does not turn things around here in the next what 12 weeks of the season so he has a chance obviously i'm not giving up on him just now but then again i was never really all that in on sam Darnold as carolina panthers quarterback let's let's do this we'll give the the folks predictions you have any prediction on how you see things going on sunday or are you trying to stray away from it uh i don't love the score okay. predictions i usually go with the spread and i don't know what the spread is actually uh, i think it opened at one i think it was like a, i think it opened at carolina as a favorite or is really, I mean, it's a pick in. That's what it, it's a pick em, So, uh, yeah, okay. It's, oh, Carolinas are one point dogs. Oh, I'm taking that. Oh, yeah. Well, 
I'm taking the I'm taking the home underdog for sure. Uh, I don't know. So, I don't know Panther about win. Panther win. Um, for me, it's tough. Like the only time I picked against this team so far was Dallas because I truly did not think that they were ready for a Dallas Cowboys team that has a really good offense and a great quarterback like Dak Prescott. And the defense hadn't seen someone like that. Yeah. Last week in Philly, I honestly looked at it throughout the week as like, yeah, Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox could be pretty scary in this game. And that came to fruition, even though I thought Carolina would still win it because Philly's not a good football team. The offensive line is just not going to get fixed. Like I just don't yeah. know what they're going to do. I know Scott Fitter is on the phone trying to fix that offensive line, which you got coming off the edge. And the issue has been in the interior. And I still think it's probably going to continue this week. That and I think the Vikings have a pretty good offense. At least they've shown at times they can be that, even though they've been a pretty mercurial team where one week they look good offensively, one week they look good defensively. They haven't played a complete game in a desperation for both teams. Shaq Thompson not being available. Christian McCaffrey, they say he's going to be a game-time decision. Said the same thing last week. He was listed as doubtful on Friday. Like, if he does not play on Sunday, I just have a hard time thinking Carolina – it's going to be a close game. I just – unfortunately, I think Minnesota's going to take this one just based off of the lack of protection on the offensive line and what they've been able to do so far being second in the league in sacks and, what, 86 pressures? Like, that's that's a problem for an offensive line that's given up eight sacks and 19 quarterback hits over the last two weeks. So, I'm unfortunately, going to have to take the Vikings this week. A couple of confident hook hosts here. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's uh, either teams. Either way, I wouldn't be surprised. Like if the Panthers yeah, win, yeah, for sure, great. it's a close one, and it's but, like I feel like both of our teams wanted to be the kind of team that this game would feel way easier than it feels, but it's like evenly matched, and I think because we've our teams have disappointed us in like very similar ways like ah controversial quarterback and that you maybe poured too many resources into a superstar running back and offensive line issues like which team am i talking about it's a spider-man meme they're, they're still yeah. at each other <laughs> oh man yeah but it should be fun sunday one o'clock or i guess 12 central over there in uh, central time god's time yeah. zone by the way god's um time zone. Used to live in Nashville, so I, I understand ah, the beauty of the central nice. time zone, especially when it comes to watching sports late at night, like on sure. Sunday when the Chiefs' bills gets delayed by lightning. Oh, yeah. Good times when you're waiting for that to do stuff. <laughs> um, well, hey, Julian, thank you so much yeah. for uh, talking Panthers a little bit with me. Yeah, absolutely, Luke. Been fun. Uh, was looking forward to it all week, and I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. And Pray for our fans and your fans and everyone out there who's going to watch this game because it's going to be pressure-packed week six game between, yes. the Fal- between the Vikings and the Panthers. I almost said Falcons. <laughs> yeah, close <laughs> enough. May we inexplicably meet again in the playoffs. Oh, please. <laughs> NFC title game. Let's go. Let's go. Our, pl- <laughs> our place, not yours. Yeah. <laughs> awesome conversation there with Luke Braun, the host of Locked on Vikings. Make sure to follow him on twitter guys at luke braun nfl make sure to follow me on twitter at julian council where tomorrow meaning like right now go ahead and send me your questions for a weekly friday mailbag every single friday here on locked on panthers so at me at julian council or dm me at julian council but first follow me at julian council and send me in those questions that pertain to your carolina panthers again make sure to rate review and subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts. five stars please don't be a hater also you can follow the show on spotify Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite podcasts out there across the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, appreciate the support. Love y'all. And I will talk to you on Friday. We'll be answering your questions on another Friday mailbag.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.